Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Looking at another nice day. Probably not as nice as Wednesday and Thursday, but not bad at all. Again, Bob and Joe with you looking at some of our farm news this morning and our markets on a Friday. And all of a sudden, you can tell the season is moving on. We are Brentless. Again this morning. We are Brentless. Brent Wink, all done for the season. He was done last week, of course, but uh, he uh, will be back next year for the planting, growing, and the harvesting season with good agronomic wisdom. We were at a hearing, or not a hearing, a good meeting yesterday with university. I haven't seen that many university specialists in one place in I don't know how many years. So it was good to see those folks back out. If you were one of those that were at the Best Western yesterday or the day before over in, uh, where was it, Wausau-Stevens Point area, there was a, there was the same meeting. And again, uh, these specialists were out answering questions about uh, the cropping season, diseases, weeds, uh, everything you wanted to ask about uh, the cropping season. They were there. Some of the latest research talked about uh, weather. In fact, we're going to hear not from that session, but a uh, gentleman that was uh, down in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yep. Tell us about him. Drew Lerner. He's predicts weather. Entertaining way, too. He's very good. He's very good. And he is, and along with that, he's very humble about it. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm using all the information that I have, but I still could be wrong. So I appreciated his reaching out and being uh, being real, I guess, with yeah, what his predictions were. Being very candid about forecasting the weather. But Drew Lerner, and he, he's on a lot of national broadcasts and things, and he was down in Kansas City at our NAFB meeting here a couple of weeks ago. So, again, we'll uh, look to hear from him. Very, very knowledgeable guy about the weather, very pragmatic the way he talks about the weather, and uh, very accurate when he predicts the weather. So, that will be an interesting conversation coming up here in just a little while. We'll have our own meteorologist over at 13 First Alert Weather. Mike Dandria will join us. And uh, I know Farm Bureau members are going to want to know what the weather's like because they're going to be on the road soon. Yeah, they are heading down to the Kalahari to for their annual convention. Down there in Wisconsin Dells. And that'll get started later on today. The young people will be there for their... Uh, young farmers and ranchers activity, the discussion meet, and all kinds of things over the weekend. 
And uh, Monday will be the resolutions meeting, and you'll be down there to hear what they're discussing as far as Farm Bureau policy for the next year? That's my game plan. All right. So a busy, busy time. We'll talk about food prices this morning, the World Trade Organization, and uh, they're going to be getting together, but not till February, and agricultural organizations are prompting them to don't forget us when you start talking about uh, world trade. Also, we'll uh, take a look at milk prices and also saw this note if uh, you're into the uh, the deer harvest still of course the deer see the gun season's over but we still have muzzle loaders and bow season the DNR is confirming now the first positive test result for chronic wasting disease in a wild deer in Jackson County now this is not in a game farm obviously this is a wild deer the deer was harvested in the town of Garfield and that's within 10 miles of the Eau Claire and Trempolo County borders as well. The detection will cause Jackson County to renew the ban already in place. Eau Claire and Trempolo counties currently have three-year baiting and feeding bans in place from positive detections within both Trempolo and Eau Claire counties. So this detection will not impact Eau Claire or Trempolo counties at all. But Jackson County will renew the ban already in place on baiting and feeding deer. So if you got uh, deer feeders out there and and you got a deal on deer corn, (laughs) (laughs) I always laugh when I see those signs, deer corn. Yeah, me too. I stopped one place and I asked, I said, no, I want some corn, but I want to feed it to my cattle. Can I use this or is this just deer corn? And they looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) And I started laughing and so did they. They said, yeah. But people will pay extra if you put deer corn on it. They think it's some magic elixir to get deer in. But again, uh, CWD and a deer that was harvested during the season in Jackson County, it was a two-year-old buck. And it's the first confirmed wild CWD-positive deer detected in Jackson County. So again, Jackson County, no more feeding and baiting of the deer. And Eau Claire and Trempolo County already had those bans in place. So again... Um, don't have to buy any deer corn in those three counties. Also, uh, one thing we're following recently, we always follow Badger sports, but now we're following closely the Badger women's volleyball team. Yeah, they they had a sweep last night against Jackson State. Yeah, they're in the W or the NCAA tournament now, so uh, they got their first game in hand. I wonder if it's like basketball. They got 64 teams. I don't know what they've got in there. But uh, whatever, Wisconsin will move on in the volleyball tournament. Tomorrow, Wisconsin plays Marquette in basketball at the Fieldhouse. Not that you're looking for a sports report this morning, but uh, <laughs> but uh, those are things to follow. And a lot of good college football games. I was out yesterday around the countryside and saw a lot of dust. Yeah, I saw a lot of dust. I also saw a lot of deer. Oh, you did? Oh, absolutely. I went and delivered a wreath for a Christmas present last... Mm -hmm. I wasn't even... It was before 5 o'clock. There was a herd of six. Really? Oh, yeah. So we didn't get them all. No, and that was right where my brothers were hunting. Oh, boy. Did they get a deer this year? They did not. Uh Uh-oh. My niece got a deer. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) Well, not yet. My niece ended up with her first deer. Good for her. Buck or a doe? A buck. Good for her. So, but um, as far as I know, I don't think they got anything else. Yeah, the hunt was down this year as far as the kill was concerned. So, uh, look out. They still got a bunch of them that can run in front of you and on the roadways. 
And uh, I went to bed early last night, but were you out carousing as usual on a Thursday night? Did you see the Northern Lights? I looked before I went to bed. It was dark out. And then I looked at 1 o'clock, and I did not see the Northern Lights. All right. I didn't see them either because I was long gone by that time and forgot to tell you the truth to look outside. We'll see if Mike Dandria saw them a little later on or if anybody else saw them. But again, uh, looking forward to the rest of this week. Going to be more combining getting done. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, be in the 30s for the next, I don't know, five, six, seven days, whatever, but uh, mid-30s as well. And it'll be sunny early today, then the clouds will start start rolling in uh, later in the morning in the early afternoon. We'll get about 35, 37 tomorrow, 36 on Sunday, maybe Saturday night into Sunday morning, some stuff falling i would imagine overnight it's cold enough it'll probably be a little snow i don't think it's going to be enough to cause anybody any problems but just if you are traveling saturday night early sunday morning if you're going to green bay don't worry about that because it's a night game on sunday night for the packers against kansas city so 37 on saturday 36 on sunday monday cloudy mostly cloudy we should see some sun about 39 tuesday mostly cloudy and 36 right now it's cool. It's 17 degrees out there, and a challenge this morning for Jill. I want you to listen to this song and tell me who's singing it when it's all over. Merry Christmas. Wax 104.5. Everybody will recognize that voice. So everybody now, if you're up and at them, three, two, one, who sang that holly jolly Christmas song? Burl Ives. Absolutely. He's the voice of Frosty the Snowman in that TV show and been around. He recorded that song the year I graduated from high school. That's how long ago that was. He sure was a crisp voice back back oh, then, though. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a... He was uh, quite a quite a voice, that's for sure. Do you know how many years ago that was? Long enough. Long enough is right. So for those that are wondering now, and I hate it when people do that and then they don't tell you. <laughs> I graduated from high school in 1965. That's when Burl Ives recorded Holly Jolly Christmas. And that was before I was born. Yeah, before a lot of people listening this morning <laughs> were born. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, boy. The good old days, as they say. All right, it's a minute after five. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Here we go with some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. A New York appeals court is reinstating a gag order against former President Donald Trump in his civil fraud trial. Trump and his attorneys are once again prohibited from making public statements about the courtroom staff in the ongoing $250 million civil fraud trial. The order was temporarily lifted two weeks ago by an appellate judge after Trump's lawyers sued the judge in the case. Trump's attorneys had argued the order infringed on the former president's First Amendment rights. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says people are leaving California and heading to Florida because of lower taxes. Well, well, right. I mean, uh, they tax too much. They regulate too much. They have a political agenda. It's not a good climate for business. They've lost a lot of companies. In the televised Fox News special last night, moderated by Sean Hannity, titled The Great Red versus Blue State Debate, DeSantis also said California Governor Newsom is a supporter of the Biden administration, which the Florida governor said has ruined the economy. Newsom added the Biden administration is creating jobs and touted what Bidenomics has done for the economy. Newsom also joked that he thought DeSantis was running for president of the U.S., while DeSantis responded and said, you are too, you just won't admit it. The top Democrat in the House says his party has no official position on the expulsion of New York Republican George Santos. Trey Thomas reports. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries, however, called Santos a serial fraudster and embarrassment. Uh, We recognize that this is an issue of conscience. Santos is refusing to resign ahead of the vote and lashed out against members of Congress and a scathing ethics committee report. The report found he broke campaign finance laws and stole from donors. I'm Trey Thomas. And southern states are becoming increasingly popular for people to move to. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau found that more people moved to the South last year than any other region. States in the South grew by more than 1.3 million people. Florida was the fastest-growing state in 2022. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, the weather in the rural area as well as suburbs and inner cities is going to be pretty nice in Wisconsin the next few days again. Not as nice as the last two days, but not bad. 35 today. It'll be sunny early. Boy, hasn't that sun just made your attitude a lot better the last couple of days? Absolutely. And you need it. I know. (laughs) But it sure has felt good to, you know, you're sitting in the parking lot someplace and the sun shines in or whatever you're doing in the cab of the combine, sun shining in there. just uh, feel a whole lot better. So we'll have sun early, but there will be clouds moving in later morning in the early afternoon. 35 the high today. In fact, it'll be in the 30s the next four or five days. Saturday night into Sunday morning, maybe some flurries falling, but not supposed to be any accumulation. We'll check in with Mike Dandry and see if that's changed any time. But it should not be a bad period of weather at all. 30s for the next few days. It's 15 in Rice Lake. That's a cool spot. Medford's 20, Lacrosse 24. Green Bay at 22, Madison Sun Prairie at 28 this morning in Milwaukee. It's nice and warm. 43 degrees this morning in Milwaukee, and it's 17 here. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's Friday. Sale barns, for the most part, uh, not operating as they never do on Friday for the, in our area, but a lot of other markets to report. How did the cash livestock turn out this week, Joe? Well, those choice-fed beef steers and beef heifers are 167 to 182 with mixed steers at 112 to 166 and mixed heifers at 110 to 166. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 176 with choice-fed Holstein steers 155 to 163 with select and silage-fed steers 101 to 154. Cows are 73 to 94 with a top of 118 and bulls are 84 to 127. Butcher hogs are 30 to 71, with sows at 35 to 44, and boars at 10 to 19. New crop market lambs are 160 to 171. Feeder lambs are 50 to 230, with ewes at 55 to 135. Small goats are 10 to $155. Medium goats are 75 to $215. 
Large goats are $145 to $320, and nanny goats are $35 to $230. And cattle prices on the futures market uh, went down yesterday. Hogs are mostly higher. December live cattle, one seventy eighty seven. That's down a dollar two. February down a dollar sixty five at one seventy one eighty two. April live cattle down a dollar and a half at one seventy four forty two. And uh, June cattle one seventy twenty. That's down a dollar thirty five. Feeder cattle also down. January down two and a quarter at two nineteen ninety five. March down a dollar seventy at two twenty two fifty seven. April two twenty six sixty seven at the close down a dollar sixty five. May at two thirty fifty down a dollar sixty two. And August feeder cattle. Down 185 at 244.20. December hogs were down by 20 cents at 68.77. February up a dollar 37 at 71.47. April up 87 at 77.35, and May up 60 at 84.27. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. Corn was higher. Some exports to report. That's a good sign. Beans were down though. A drop in crude oil by a dollar 78. A Barrel down to 7608, and I did notice that uh, overnight gas prices uh, have come down at the pump at the gas stations around the area. So beans followed uh, crude oil down. Overnight, March corn uh, down a penny from yesterday's close at 481. The oats up 12 to 13 cents at 382. Wheat down three at 594. March soybeans down 11 at 1351 and meal down 11, uh, a meal down 360 a ton at $410.60. Barrel cheese up two and a half, a dollar 51. Blocks down a nickel, a dollar 54. And butter up three and a quarter at 265 and a half. Class three prices later today will get the official November price. But December in the trade yesterday went down a penny at 1610. January down three at 1619. February down 17. 1658 March up to at 1733 in April down a penny at 1778 a lot of people were in Kansas City last or two weeks ago for our farm broadcasting convention we have a trade talk where companies come in and uh, I don't know there were hundreds of people there to talk to from all kinds of company and and uh, you talked to a lot of people we're going to hear from one of those here what are we going to hear in a minute we're going to hear from Liz Knutson and she's talking Pioneer Soybeans. All right, so we'll find out what the latest is on the soybeans. Coming up on WAC, about 10 and a half after 5 o'clock, 17 degrees right now. We'll get to 35 today. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Oh, those trade talk adventures here in Kansas City. Came across Pioneer. I love making that connection because I do the Pioneer program in the spring and the fall with those agronomists. But today I get to talk to Liz Knutson. We're going to talk soybeans. What's going on at Pioneer? Lots of exciting things happening with Pioneer soybeans right now, Jill. So let's maybe start from the top. So we just finished off a 2023 harvest that a lot of us were wondering what that was going to be, whether you got rain or not. Um, drought conditions across much of the U.S. I, I come from Wisconsin where it was really a flip of a coin what kind of harvest we were going to get and overall positive results for soybean farmers. Pioneer seeing a three bushel yield advantage against all of our competitors and then specifically at our Pioneer A-Series Enlistee 3 soybeans we're seeing a two and a half bushel yield advantage versus other competitive Enlistee 3s so feeling really good considering the kind of weather year we had shaping up but uh, 2023 certainly in the rear view as we look ahead to 24 we're launching a new series of soybeans so you've heard us talk about a series for a number of years we're bringing pioneer brand z series to the market in 2024 limited release but then lots more to look at in 25 
I want to back you up a little bit to the 2023, and we've talked so much about the weather, the possibilities for the yields. Here in Wisconsin, we had we had the dry, then we had a whole lot of rain, and then the dry again, and, and then it can rain again to get those soybeans off this fall. But those yields held up. What do you attribute that to? I mean, there's a lot of factors here, right? And one rainstorm can really make or break a crop. So um, it's hard to talk about positive yields because there are just as many farmers who aren't too far down the road who just saw the complete opposite. But I think for everyone, it starts with a strong foundation. So in that G by E by M, genetics by environment by management equation that we always talk about in the agronomy world, we're proud of the genetics we bring to the market. We think we have a, a strong foundation for growers. Um, whether that's disease tolerances that you need, pest protection with like a peaking variety with SCN. Um, you know, if you have that strong foundation with a good strong yield potential, that's going to get you set off right. And then we can't control the environment, but we can partner together. Those agronomists that you interview in the spring and the fall, they're the best boots on the ground who can help our farmers really do what they need to do to get around that weather factor we just can't deal with. Let's look at the future what's Pioneer got coming out for their soybeans. Yeah, so those Z-Series soybeans are brand new to the market. We just brought them through their last year research testing. And again, A-Series soybeans has been a complete icon, right? Strong yields, good agronomics. We're excited to be bringing even more with Pioneer brand Z-Series soybeans. So that's more yield, enhanced agronomic protection, as well as more exclusive varieties, which is what folks expect from Pioneer. You're not going to find our beans in any other bag besides our own. So if you're a farmer in Wisconsin, I'd definitely take a look at Z-Series in our plots next fall. But you might even have a chance to plant some on your farm in 2024. So reach out to your Pioneer sales rep to see if you can get your hands on some Z-Series. And again, that's Liz Knutson, who uh, Jill talked to in Kansas City. She knows Wisconsin. She does know Wisconsin, and I mentioned the agronomist that I talked to, and she says, oh, yeah, I know him, I know him. So it was really kind of neat to make that connection. Yeah, because she was down there nationally representing Pioneer. And we've been talking about the calendar things going on. Farm Bureau members heading for Wisconsin Dells uh, this weekend, and uh, their convention will start a little bit later on. It'll be a, a special convention for some of the folks in our area. Absolutely. The Knowles Dairy Farm of Alma in Buffalo County is bringing home the 2023 Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award. And Mark, Curtis, and Scott Knoll and their families were selected on, on the conservation practices implemented on their farm that promote soil health, water quality, and wildlife habitat. The Knoll family will receive a Crystal Award and $10,000 this weekend at the Farm Bureau Annual Convention in Wisconsin Dells. I wonder if Curtis will use it to buy another draft horse or something. <laughs> He's like to have his draft horses. And Curtis, for many years, was uh, one of the, the leaders of the Buffalo County Dairy Breakfast. But where they are in the Alma Bluffs, conservation is a must. And uh, the Knoll family doing a great job of that. So congratulations to Curtis, Mark, Scott, the whole family over there. Their conservation ethic, you know, just didn't start last week. It's been going on for many, many years over there in the Alma Bluffs. So, again, congratulations. Well-deserved award to the Aldo Leopold, Aldo Leopold Award to uh, the Knoll family over there in Alma. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, and uh, Tammy Baldwin is one of our... Uh, folks that watches world events, and she's not happy with the 
can it either. Not at all. She did definitely voice her disappointment in the decision made by the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement Trade Dispute Panel supporting Canada's tariffs on U.S. dairy products. In the export market, this decision puts our made-in-Wisconsin dairy products at a disadvantage, according to Senator Baldwin. And the decision weakens the ability to use the USMCA to push back against trade violations in the future. U.S. Senator Baldwin is a longtime supporter of enforcing the USMCA dairy provisions. And here in Wisconsin, the dairy industry supports over 150,000 jobs and contributes $45.6 billion to that our state's economy. And, of course, so we do need to export. We export about uh, you know 90% of that stuff that uh, as far as dairy is concerned in, in the form of cheeses. And uh, agriculture groups don't want agriculture forgotten. They absolutely do not. Because 30 agriculture organizations want to influence the trade talks that are going to be held at the World, the World Trade Organization meeting. The Coalition of Agricultural Organizations has written a letter urging the Biden administration to have goals of reforming the agricultural trading system in the short term as well as the long term market access and binding dispute settlement processes to enforce international trade rules are two of the concerns the Ag Coalition has put in another letter to the U.S. Trade Representative Tai and Agriculture Secretary Vilsack. The World Trade Organization Conference is scheduled for February 26th through the 29th in the United Arab Emirates. The U.S. Trade U.S. agriculture exported more than $160 billion worth of products last year, supporting more than 9 million U.S. jobs. All right, so that's not till February, but uh, getting out in front of that, and don't forget agriculture. 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, we're going to hear from you again soon. What's uh, the latest again? Well, it's going to be Drew Lerner, and he is going to tell us about 2024 weather. Yeah, he's a very accomplished meteorologist, uh, does a lot of national programs, and he too is in Kansas City, so we'll hear that weather forecast, for lack of a better term, coming up on Wax, 17 degrees right now, 35 the high today. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather. We have our eyes to the sky whether we're planting, growing, or harvesting our crops. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I had the opportunity to chat with Drew Lerner. He's part of World Weather. He's the president and senior meteorologist. And we look back at 2023 weather, but I'm curious as to what you think our 2024 weather is going to look like. And what are some of those factors that affect it? 2024 is going to start off probably a little bit light on moisture. So uh, across the upper Midwest, we're probably not going to see a a really wet winter. So whatever the moisture profile is today, it's probably what it's going to be when we get to March. So we'll come into spring pretty much where we are at this moment in time. Uh, That doesn't necessarily present a big problem for some folks, but other problems for others. We still have a lot of drought out there across parts of the western Corn Belt and and down into the plains. So 
that could be an issue. You know, if we don't have moisture in the subsoil, then we're dependent on timely rain in the spring. So when we get into 2024 spring, uh, the upper parts of the Midwest are still going to be dealing with a northwest flow pattern. Uh, where cool and dry air is still going to be coming out of Canada periodically. It may not be exceptionally cold, but it isn't going to be real wet. And so the big concern that I have uh, for the area up that way is that we will still be a little behind on moisture, and we will be dependent on timeliness of rain when we get close to spring. We don't want to get too wet when it's planting time, right? Uh, and I think that we'll go through a period of transition where we'll have an opportunity for some increase in precipitation, and it'll be helpful to everyone. Uh, but I'm a little bit concerned about how significant and efficient that may be because the summer pattern is going to be somewhat similar to last year. We're going to have ridginess that's going to build up in the middle of North America. It may not be exceptionally strong, but we're probably going to deal with a lot of warm weather, and it is going to be lighter than normal rainfall. So we're still going to be behind the eight ball on the moisture situation. Now, we've already proven ourselves over and over again that we can still do a nice job with crop production with little precipitation as long as it's timely. So I think that that's the way we should think about this as we go through the winter. I uh, try to think positive and uh, expect that we'll have a pattern somewhat similar to 2023, maybe a little less extreme. But uh, I do think that we're going to we have another year in front of us where the central part of the U.S. is still going to be dealing with moisture shortages and some concern about the bottom line. But, you know, certainly the the uh, the genetics that we have are able to still support a drier year, obviously, with the yields we've had. Well, and the changes in the weather, we talk about factors from the Canadian wildfires to volcanoes. Tell me how some of these factors are really changing our weather. They're all influential, that's for sure. Uh, the, in the case of the fires, uh, you know, the smoke uh, has a, a, a factor in limiting the heat of the day. Uh, it reduces some of the excess. So that can be helpful if you're in a hot year. If you're in a cooler year, that's not a good thing. Uh, because it's going to hold those temperatures down. You're going to miss out on a little bit of degree day accumulation. So that could be a problem for some crops. Uh, in the case of uh, just in general with the smoke, usually the smoke isn't so terribly thick for a, a long enough period of time to have a big negative impact, but it could, I suppose. Um, but we do expect 2024 to be a, a start off a little dry, and we'll probably run into some improved rainfall a little later in the summer. Canada will for sure. They will have a wetter summer. Uh, but it'll be dry in the spring. And so there'll be less smoke coming in from that direction, I would certainly think. So that won't be as much of a factor. From volcanoes in Iceland to, you mentioned one that I hadn't heard about. So tell me about that one that really has had a big effect on ocean temperatures. Yeah, the Hunga Tonga volcano occurred in January, about January 15th of 2022. So it's already been almost a full year since that occurred, actually two years almost. I don't do math very well. That shows you what kind of weather you're going to get. Uh, but uh, the uh, what the research scientists have found uh, post-event is that this was the largest volcano eruption in modern history, even bigger than Krakatoa, uh, which occurred in 1883. And the problem is, is that we don't have any instrumented data 
uh, prior to this to make any comparisons to. So you can imagine the speculation is running rampant as to how this volcano influenced the weather. Now, I've got some theories of my own, but I'll tell you right off the bat before I share those that I don't know what I'm talking about. We have no data and no proof that I'm, what I'm saying is correct. And I'm going to relay a little bit of information from the research that has been done. Now, this is not my research, but the research scientists post that volcano uh, found that the stratosphere, that's the level of the atmosphere that's above where we live, so it would be uh, more than 60,000 feet up, uh, the stratosphere gained about 10% moisture that it didn't have before because this Hunga Tonga volcano was an underwater volcano. And when it blew, it was a massive event. I mean, so significant that it would be probably a hundred times the Hiroshima atomic bomb that was, uh, you know, set off in Japan. So huge event. And because it was under the water, uh, when the uh, molten rock and the water hit and touched each other, there was this immediate explosion of steam under the water, which lifted the water and the steam up into the atmosphere, and it shot it up there 36 miles up into the stratosphere. In fact, it even went to the next level of the atmosphere. But that moisture is in the stratosphere, and these research scientists have determined, or at least they're assuming, that that moisture will cause the Earth to be warmer. Now, we're already in this warming mode, and so it's going to be hard to separate out what is the current warming trend and what might be attributed to the volcano. But if you go back, first of all, those research scientists predicted that the impact on the world would be greatest in one of the five years that followed 2022, January 2022. So 2022 itself, we didn't see anything all that anomalous. 2023, everybody in the northern hemisphere is showing these charts where the temperatures were way outside of the trend. And so the speculation is that this was the year that was most anomalous. So this volcano, if the theories are right, the stratospheric moisture held in the, the, uh, the, uh, the air, the warm air, and helped to make the Earth a warmer place in 2023. Now, beyond that is a part of speculation that I have because I've noticed a number of other things that have occurred. I'm a long-range forecaster. I, I have all kinds of tools that I use that, to try to guess what the weather is going to be like, you know, six and nine months down the road. And those tools are useless most of the time anyway, but we think we know what we're doing. But what's interesting is that the tools that I use for 2023, I actually had high confidence of what I'd expected to occur because the tools were all pointed in the same direction and they didn't work. Uh, what happened in 2023 is the monsoon flow in the southwestern United States failed except for about three weeks of the summer. Now, for just background information, the monsoon flow is nothing more than moisture that feeds up into the United States from Mexico. And it comes up into the southwest desert areas, and they get those afternoon showers and thunderstorms, and it goes into the Rocky Mountains. And eventually, the moisture works its way into the Midwest, and it helps to make it rain in the summer. Well, it didn't happen this year for a long time. Okay, so that's fine. We've had failed monsoons before, and I didn't really think too much about it. But then we started looking at South America. And the thing that's happening in South America right now is that Brazil's not getting any rain, and the reason is because its monsoon hasn't evolved. And these monsoons are like clockwork. They're always there, 
or they always have in the past. So we've gotten to the point where uh, now we're watching Brazil experience the same kind of failure in the monsoon that we had here in the States. And so my theory is that this volcano that occurred a couple of years ago may actually have much more influence on our atmosphere than what we know. And that maybe... Maybe it's coincidence, I don't know, but perhaps the failure of the monsoon in the southwest U.S. and that which occurred uh, in Brazil so far this year may be related to that event. And again, that's Drew Lerner, who is the uh, president and senior meteorologist at World Weather. And it's interesting, yesterday at that uh, meeting of extension specialists, uh, Katie Black from the University of Minnesota was there, and she's... uh, a climatologist, studies these climates. She's got a big fancy title, and I don't have it in front of me, but she was there as kind of the lead-off speaker and the keynote speaker. We had a chance to talk to her, and we'll hear in the near future from her focusing in more on Minnesota-Wisconsin weather and what she is predicting. She's predicting it to be hotter, and she's predicting it to be drier. And just to give you a headline about what that's all about, but uh, that's coming up. And uh, from Katie Black, weather so very important, as we always find out in the cropping season, the world of agriculture, because, again, crops are dependent. We can irrigate, but, boy, it's so much nicer when Mother Nature does it for us. All right, we've got uh, 31 minutes after 5, or 29 minutes to 6, whatever you like. Let's find out what else is going on around the area. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning. We'll find out right now. Morgan, good morning. What's going on with you? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Waiting for some more details about a fire, but we know it was on Balsam Road last night. Fire crews from Eau Claire and a number of other fire departments battled that for more than an hour, and investigators say the fire started about 9 p.m. No one's saying how. It appears the house is a total loss, and the investigation into the cause of the blaze continues. We go into the woods with another CWD case coming out with western Wisconsin, this time Jackson County. The DNR confirmed a case in a wild deer that was shot in that county. Two-year-old buck harvested in the town of Garfield, which is about eh, 10-ish miles within that Trempeleau-Eau Claire County range. The DNR says the confirmed case means Jackson County will have to restart its ban on feeding and baiting for three years. Both Eau Claire and Trempeleau counties already have bans in place. Well, how about Brad for the bench? We go political. Wisconsin's former AG running for the Supreme Court position in 2025 as Brad Schimmel yesterday announced he's running to put a check on the new liberal majority court. Schimmel will be running against liberal justice Ann Walsh Bradley in the spring election of 2026, and that race is expected to be just as contentious and expensive as the spring election that you might remember that flipped Wisconsin Supreme Court. Schimmel served as Wisconsin Attorney General for one term. He lost his re-election bid in 2018. Well, going into the legal realm, there was some talk yesterday from lawmakers about catalytic converter thefts and exactly what that should be in terms of charges, and there is plenty of support for a bill at the Capitol that would make it easier to charge the crime. Catalytic converter theft. Ryan Windor, for example, president of the Wisconsin Fraternal Order of Police here saying the insurance claims for these types of theft in wisconsin rose from 16,660 claims in 2020 uh, which i thought was a, a large number to 64,701 in 2022 a Windorf testified in favor of a bill that would add converters to the list of major vehicle parts in a state statue and that would be along with things like engines transmissions and it would make the thefts easier to prosecute we saddle up and go to mustang country where voters in the spring you'll see a question on 
on your ballot, and that'll ask for more money. Menominee is on the list of schools across the state asking voters for more money as the school city board this week and okayed a referendum question for the spring ballot, saying Menominee schools need another $4 million for things like payroll and to keep up with day-to-day expenses. And let's go cruising down the highway. Windows down, eyebrows up. In the past, the neon sign said things like, only Rudolph should be lit. Drive high, get DWI. That certainly caught drivers' attention, but it also got the attention of the Federal Highway Administration. It called the signs too distracting and ordered them taken down last year, but now they're up again. The message is toned down a bit. One sign says, reckless drivers are worse than fruitcake. Another says, Santa's watching. Put down the phone. The New Jersey Department of Transportation hopes those slight changes will fly. I'm Sarah Lee Kessler. And from the ho-ho-ho to the cha-cha-chores, we better go back to the barn with Bob Bowles, old Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. Appreciate that. And uh, again, talking on those cell phones and texting when you're driving. You see it when you go down the interstate, invariably there's going to be people doing that, and they get in the passing lane, and they're just oblivious to traffic. They absolutely are. I do not text while I'm driving. I don't either. I have my phone hooked to the vehicle, yep. so I do make some calls occasionally. Well, you can answer phone calls, but uh, I don't make calls when I'm driving unless I pull over. But uh, be careful. It's the holiday driving season, so we don't want to do that. And speaking of the driving season, let's check and see what the driving conditions are going to be. As we check with Mike Dandry over at 13 First Alert Weather. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good. I saw you out on the patio with no stocking cap on. That must mean spring's not far away, huh? <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs> but, boy, I'll tell you, yesterday and the day before were absolutely beautiful days of that sun. Everybody's attitude is better when the sun's shining. I agree. And, you know, I, I said it this morning, and it's it's kind of funny to say this when we have a current temperature of 18 degrees right now, but I was like, it's comfortably cool we know what december mornings can bring oh boy do we ever <laughs> so like you know when you say upper teens it's comfortably cool let's just put it into perspective of course but uh i think this is something that will take but i think so too yeah and then leading up to this afternoon seasonable not really too warm not as warm as we got the last couple of days but we'll have some clouds rolling into the afternoon as temperatures climb to the mid 30s tonight we'll still have some of that cloud cover dipping to the low 20s for tomorrow cloud cover still hangs around mid 30s once again pretty much a repeat offender of today but then tomorrow night into sunday a slight chance at some snow showers most of it looks to hang out a little further towards the south but any sort of shift especially a northerly track may make for some slick roads on sunday morning just something to keep in mind but for monday temperatures in the upper 30s will have some intervals of clouds and sun pretty much a repeat offender both for tuesday and wednesday and then thursday warming up to the mid to upper 40s that's something we don't see too often uh, going towards the end of the first week of december but as i mentioned 18 degrees right now with a mostly clear sky but some clouds starting to work their way in a little further south any wind or breeze today not really no just out of the northeast pretty light so okay Sounds good. Hey, you have a good weekend. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. There he goes. Mike Dander over 13 First Alert Weather. So, again, there's some still some combining going on. We're getting to the end of it. But if they happen to be in your neighborhood or if you're driving around and you find them trucks and grain carts and combines in the road, give them room because they're trying to get her done. All right, we've got more to take a look at. 18 degrees, as Mike said, more news, calendar, a lot of things going on. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
About 21 minutes now before 6 o'clock. If you're wondering about that or a clock watcher waiting to get off a third shift, whatever the case may be. But uh, more news in ag. We've, food is a very prominent combination of uh, topics as long as weather is around, weather and food prices. But, uh, again, don't blame farmers. As the old bumper sticker said, don't blame farmers for the price of food with your mouth full. No. And that's because the farmer's share of every dollar Americans spend on food is going down. Last year, that share was 14.9 cents. That's down from the 15.2 cents farmers got in 2021. While middlemen are taking more of the money spent on food, the trend to eating out more over the past few years has contributed to the falling share of the food dollar for farmers. And we uh, look for you to have a great, great winter Food-wise. Hey, we've got more coming up on Wax. Glad to have you along this morning as we're about 18 minutes away from uh, 6 o'clock. We've got markets. We'll get uh, Santa Claus. He calls himself Jerry Fitzgerald most of the year, but uh, we'll get him on here in just a few minutes. But a lot of things are, are going on, Joe. We've already talked about uh, you know the Knoll family. Curtis and the family going to be down there at the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Convention in Wisconsin Dells. Curtis will be receiving and and the family receiving the Aldo Leopold Award. So congratulations! So the Farm Bureau Convention starts today, ends on Monday with resolutions. But what else is going on? Well, the Farm First has their member appreciation dinners, and there's one left in our area on Monday. It's down at the East End Barn Grill in Independence at noon. And then if you have applications are due today for the Dairy Foundation grants. So that is pro- provided by the Professional Dairy Producers Foundation. And those grants are up to $10,000. So do a, little re- do a lot of research and get those in by the end of the day. And the National Corn Yield Contest Harvest Entry Deadline has been extended to Tuesday, December 5th. So if you have your corn yields out there, you can still get them in. The deadline is Tuesday, December 5th. And there's so many categories for growing corn. It's not just who grew the most corn overall. You know, it's dry land corn. It's all kinds of different tillage ways. So, again, if you had pretty good yields, look into it. There's some pretty nice prizes. I'm sure the winning yield this year, the overall winning yield, what have we been, five, I don't know if we give 600 bushels yet, that David Hula down in Georgia and some of those places. So, But again, he had good yields. Think about it. Also, a reminder, talked to Sean Connolly yesterday, our soybean specialist, and the deadline is today for soybean yields for the soybean yield contest in Wisconsin. And again, he was pleasantly surprised by the increase in the entries. I said, well, we've been talking about it and chewing guys out on the radio for not uh, sending in their yield. He said, well, must have done some good because we got some entries now across central Wisconsin last year. No entries. So that prize money was left uh, hanging out there. So, again, he said, we got more. But today is the deadline. If you had good yields or even average yields, send them in because uh, you could win some nice cash prizes. But that deadline is today. Go on at coolbean.com. That's Sean's uh, webpage, Coolbean, and uh, get involved in that by the end of the day today. What else, Jill? That just popped into my mind as long as you're talking about the corn growers. Well, the ballots are due to vote for your FSA office. County committee, they're due on Monday to the local FSA office. 
uh, or they can be postmarked by Monday, or you drop them off in person, and that starts in January. And this weekend, we've got the 36th annual FFA Alumni Toy Show and Craft Fair, and the indoor pedal pull is on Sunday from 9 till 3 at the Turtle Lake Elementary School, and the pedal pull starts at 12.30. So if you need to do, and there's an adult pedal pull following the kids' pedal pull. I would say the adult pedal pull is probably more fun watching these old birds get on, (laughs) including myself. Watching these old birds get on and off those pedal tractors rather than how much pedaling they can do. But that sounds like a lot of fun in Turtle Lake on Sunday, right? On Sunday. All right. Anything else? There's a Christmas parade in Phillips tonight starting at 6. And don't they light the Christmas tree down in Madison today, too? Yes, that starts at noon in the Capitol Rotunda. So if you're going down that way, you're going to be around Madison. You can't miss the Capitol. Get there because the governor is going to light that tree at about noon today, and it's a beautiful thing to see. We did that when I was in high school, which you already know is a long <laughs> time ago. So uh, it was fun to, to do that. Some of our government classes, we went there and uh, watched them light the tub. Governor John Reynolds at that time. All right, anything else? Oh, but next weekend, I know it's the Farmers Union. They'll be down in the Dells, but isn't there another uh, conference in the Dells? Next weekend, farm and soil health or water health or something like that? It's the Wisconsin Water and Soil Health Conference. There you go. And that is at the Kalahari Resort, and that's December 7th and 8th. So All right. In the middle of the week. So kinda. a lot of things so. going on in the Dell starting today with the Farm Bureau Convention. And uh, that covers for the next few days at least that we know of? Yep, that covers. Right. There are a lot of local things happening, so pay yep, attention yep. to the local stuff. From Loyal to Elma to... What's going on in Loyal? <laughs> it's the Cookie, Candy, Craft, and Porch Pock Vendor Sale and Children's Christmas Shop. When? That is tomorrow from 9 till 3. All right. It's at the American Legion Post. All right. What's Alma? Did we cover that? Yeah, we covered that. All right. So again, just like Jill said, a lot of things going on locally and... Get out the holidays. A lot of people put a lot of effort into making uh, the Christmas spirit so much brighter in our area. And thanks to all the volunteers that do that sort of stuff because it does make the holiday season here in our area that much more fun. So get out and enjoy it. 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. We'll check some of the numbers next. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. 18 degrees. 35 is going to be the high today. Should be sunny early, but then the clouds will be moving in. Jill, let's check some numbers. We need to head to Equity Altoona and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.50 to $1.66. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.50 to $1.65. Hailing choice of prime Holstein steers, $1.55 to $1.63. Choice Holstein steers, $1.41 to $1.54. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.40 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from $88 to $1.80 with a top of $1.10. 60% of the cows sold from $65 to $87. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $64 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.20 to $1.48. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.19 and down. Call bulls sold from $90 to $1.10. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $420 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $300 to $720 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, December 1st, starting at noon off. We are expecting approximately $400 to 450 head of feeders for this sale. 
and approximately 30 to 35 bred beef cows. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn on this Friday morning. Jerry Fitzgerald is up in Adam and with us. Good morning, Jerry. What do you got planned this weekend? Oh, a lot of stuff going on, and we'll have to see how the weather is. But, uh, you know, when you guys, when you were talking before about the uh, Capitol, uh, Capitol Christmas tree down yep. there in Madison. Yep. Uh, at least we don't have to worry about the wind blowing that one over. Like, yeah, I saw that out in what Washington D.C. It blew the national tree over or something like that. I think the one on the White House grounds. But, oh, is that what it was? Anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, and Jill, if Jill's listening. You know, Bob's not real old because uh, you know if you if you've ever seen pictures of Grandpa and way back when they had just the they used to put candles on the Christmas tree and yeah. light them. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, but, now don't but, be looking at me. When did you graduate from high school? You weren't exactly too far behind me. No, I'm not. 1970. Well, there you go. You're, you're yeah. an old-timer, too. You're, yeah, I am. You're 50-plus. Huh? You're, that's what they always say. When did you graduate? How many years have you been out of high school? 50-plus is my answer. Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't want to get too exact, that's for sure. Well, we better go to work here and uh, find out how yeah, the week we- went over at Stratford. Yeah, we better do something constructive and informative for the people here anyway. So, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and uh, this past week here at a very busy Equity Stratford, uh, very, very big, busy week this week. Well, anyway, we'll recap it for the folks. On the cow market yesterday, a steady-to-week trend on the market cows. Uh, the high-yielding cows yesterday selling from 90 to 105. We did top this week on the cow market at 117.5, and that was on Wednesday, some very high-yielding beef cows. Most of the cows we sold this week here uh, sold between 65 and 89, with the center like carcass cows below 65. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls selling mostly from a dollar to a dollar ten. Topped on the bulls at one sixteen and a half. Lighter weight bulls a dollar and below. On the our, our organic cattle, we sell those on Tuesday. High yielding organic cows one forty to one forty nine and a half. Uh, now back to the conventional fed cattle trade this week. Choice grading Holstein steers mostly from 140 to 155. High yielding choice is strictly prime Holsteins from 155 to 162. Select grading cattle under finished cattle 138 and below. On the calf market this week, good good demand uh, continues on the uh, bull calves. Uh, good quality bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling from 200 to 400, up to 460 on the top end. 50 to 130 on those heifer calves, good quality beef calves, 300 to 600, topping at 660. And just wanted to uh, take a peek at the schedule here for Equity Stratford next week as we get to the first full week in December here. Full marketing week, of course. The Monday auction does start at 10 o'clock. Our next hay auction is next Tuesday. Our next dairy cattle auction also next Tuesday. We do have a complete herd dispersal for that sale next week. Information on our website for you folks. Uh, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and all that will be there. So... Um, with that, I guess we'll send her back to you, Bob. You and Joe have a nice weekend, but uh, weather sounds pretty decent. Uh, oh, yeah, it sounds maybe good. A, maybe a chance of snow. Some of the uh, Maybe Saturday night or into Sunday morning, but I don't think it's going to be real heavy. What high school did you graduate from? Mosinee. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Yeah. So is your picture on the wall or anything for uh, being an <laughs> well, all-star? Well, you can. Yeah, if, most... you, if you want to get the... 
If you want me to get real technical, my picture is probably still hanging on the post office hall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll leave that alone. We don't want to give anybody clues. You have a good weekend. All right, you guys also. Thank you much. Talk to you Monday morning. All right. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And, uh, again, here's a good place to go shopping for Christmas. I've done it, and, boy, i got a lot of people that are going to be happy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And don't forget the House of Gouda right here in Eau Claire, right across from Applebee's. Boy, they got some great stuff in there. Man, you want to make somebody happy for Christmas? That's it. There's nothing wrong with getting your Christmas present for somebody out of the refrigerator. So, again, good stuff over from Marika Gouda and the House of Gouda. Board of Trade, corn was up yesterday, about seven cents. Exports were up. Beans were down. A drop in crude oil prices took bean oil down, and crude oil went down to $1.78 a barrel to $76.08. So, those prices down a little bit at the pump this morning. March corn overnight down a penny at four eighty one. The oats up. 12 to 13 cents at 382. March wheat down three at 594. March soybeans down 11 at 1351. March soybean meal down 360 a ton, $410.60 at country elevators today. And loyal corns at 407 with beans at 1267. Arcadia corns at 407 with soybeans at 1272. Chippewa Falls and Connersville, corn's at 390 with soybeans at 1261. DTM screen corn, golden plump, 402. At uh, Baldwin, corn's 416, beans 1246. Durant has corn at 411, beans 1236. And in Mondovi, 415 on the corn, 1241 on the beans. Elmwood has their beans at 1246 and the corn at 419. Fall Creek, the corn is at 410, the beans 1236. Osseo, 425 and 1246 on the soybeans. Out at Elk Mound, the corn is 416, beans 1256. Sparta, 414 on the corn, 1232 on the soybeans. And down at Ellsworth, 393 a bushel for the corn, 1241 on the beans. Ethanol plants today, corn at Boyceville, 405. Stanley, 427. New Richmond, 422. Barrel cheese up two and a half at 151. The blocks down a nickel at 154. And butter up three and a quarter to 265 and a half. December, now the near month for class three as we're at the first of December, down a penny at 1610. January down three at 1619. February down 17 at 1658. March up two at 1733. April down a penny at 1778. Once again, another pretty nice day out there. We're going to have about 35, not as warm as the last couple of days. We'll have some sun early, and then clouds later on. High will be, as we said, about 35 and 30s right on through the weekend and into early next week, about 18 right now. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.